Fast to Forever. There's all kinds of family. We chose this one. This is episode 251, The Fate of the Furious, Lap 11. I'm Joey Lewandowski. I'm Joe, too. And this episode is brought to you by Grand Theft Auto V, where you can get the Keo Parico Heist, also known as the Submarine Heist. Well, shout out to Grand Theft Auto V and welcome to Too Fast, Too Forever. After the break, we will be talking about the fate of the Furious, but Joe, extracurricular activities. What have you been up to since we last spoke? I have one cool thing that I started to tell you about that I wanted to tell you about. So um, one of my coworkers found this sign on literally on a telephone pole, Mm -hmm. and it appears that a couple people around here have started a bad movie watching club. Is it like at their house or is it like in a public space? Is that a movie so, theater? Okay. Like where is yes. it? Yes. So um, it's at a, like a coffee shop slash public space, but a coffee tea house type place, not very far from our house. And they just like set up a screen and a projector. And I think it was the first one. So he was like, hey, I'm very curious about this. My coworker and I watch a lot of bad movies together. You know, he gives a lot of recommendations. I've referenced, like, things that I watched because of him here. So we went on Friday night, and it was a blast. It was a lot of fun. It was, like, the right amount of, like, it's in a coffee shop, so they had, like, kind of, like, you know, chairs that, like, not, like, a movie theater set up or right, even, right. like, fold-down chairs, you know, like, they had, like, coffee shop chairs, and everybody was just like, you know, move them around, do whatever you want, it was fun to watch, like, a movie like that in a crowd of people that would enjoy it and, like, giggle together, but also, I was saying to Rachel, because Rachel came with us, too, the crowd that arrives at a bad movie film viewing session is not, uh, like, super-duper friendly, in the sense that, like, nobody was, like, trying to network, Right, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, everybody just was, like, giggling, making jokes, laughing at each other, but, like, nobody was like, hi, are you going to be back next week, and, like, what is your name? It was, like, a perfect amount of acquaintances, like, still had kind of a movie vibe, so it was a lot of fun. We watched, um, so they actually did a double feature, Okay. but we watched just the first one, and the first one was Turbulence 3 Heavy Metal. I've never heard of Turbulence 1, okay. Neither had we, and it was about a heavy metal band that was on a plane and then all of a sudden a doppelganger of the lead singer who is also a satanist tries to hijack the plane to crash it into a church in kansas to open the seventh portal of hell cool okay yeah and it was awesome it was a lot of fun it was a really dumb movie i'm Uh, looking at it right now on letterboxd there's actually some like some people you'd recognize in this movie Okay. What was the what was the second movie you did not stay for? Uh, it was called like Russian Terminator or something like that. I forget the real name of it, but I think it had like it was one of these movies with like sixteen different names. But it was actually like I think a Norwegian or something film. Uh, my buddy stayed. Wait, so find out. Wait, you don't do it on here. We can do it after you're done. But there, I think it's not Russian Terminator, but it's something like like that that they showed at Fantastic Fest, and I don't remember what it is. But it's like wait, uh, it's not. Is it Turkish Star Wars? No, 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 no. I'm not making. I'm not making that part up. Like, I, that's not like a me okay. being, yeah, facetious. There is because there was a Fantastic Four, like a Turkish Star Wars, and I couldn't remember that name until just when I said it. So I was like, I know there's another country's take on like one of our popular American movies, and I wasn't sure if it was the same thing or not. Like, I haven't seen that. I don't know if it's good or bad or 
good, yeah. bad, or whatever, but okay, cool, okay. Yeah, so it was like that, and he said it was like really goofy, you know. It's fun. I think they're going to do it bi-weekly. I'm probably going to go to the next one, too, just because I think it's fun, and it'll give me fun time ideas for Film Club, at least, you know? Did you so. say it was, was it um, was it free, or did they pay, or was it like a, a an item minimum, or like, what's the, how, how does this place make money? Are they just assuming that people who are showing up at like a coffee house are going to buy something while they're there? So, oh, so this is like the other part of it that, okay, cool. I'm glad you brought that up. So it was like a $5 donation, okay, but like wasn't really pressed. I mean, you know, there was, like, maybe 15, 20 people there max, but, Mm -hmm. like, they weren't, like, stressing about it. Like, I was more stressed about it than they were, and it was just, like, a donation to the guy that, like, owns the coffee house to be, like, thanks for letting us sit here, and then it was BYOB, so you could bring in whatever you wanted to drink. Awesome. Then, like, Rachel's, like, looking around the coffee shop. She finds this, like, um, like, this print. I need to send a picture of it to you. I don't think I did, and it's, like, Kanye on a horse, like, riding through the desert. Okay. Like, like... And, like, pastel pink around him in, like, a drawing. So I was like, oh, this thing is hilarious and, like, totally fits my aesthetic. So I um, go up to, like, the the guy at the coffee shop and I'm like, yo, like, can I get this, uh, pi- like, picture? Like, how much is it? You know, because, like, it didn't have a price on it. And he's like, uh, I think it's, like, five bucks. Okay. And I was, like, down. So I was like, okay, here, give me this and give me a shot of espresso and, like, um, Cool. And, like, you know, so, like, he could ring me up. Like, because this is, like, you know, all these coffee shops kind of do, like, an artist thing where, like, the money goes to the artist. It's Mm -hmm. just there. It's whatever. So, like, I'm like, okay, yeah, give me that and a shot of espresso. He's like, okay, $5. And I was like, no, no, and the shot of espresso. He's like, well, you just gave me 10 bucks for the movie. I was like, bro, I'm trying to give you any type (laughs) of money. Like, this is literally what I'm saying. I'm like, I'm trying. Like, I'm really, really trying here. And he's like, it's cool. Don't worry about it. And I was like, cool. So, I'm I'm a big fan of this guys. I'm a big fan of the place, and I was a fan of the experience too. So uh, they said they're gonna do them like biweekly, and I think that I'll probably go back. And uh, like when I find out one, I was assuming hopefully one day you would come and join us for one. Yeah, I can. Sure, absolutely. Right? Because it's it's like it's just like a dumb thing. Like the people were fun, and you know you just get to hang out and do whatever you want. So cool. Anything else in the last couple? Because we recorded our 250th like right after we did. Uh, Den of Thieves, so we haven't really talked in two weeks, but anything else of particular note in the last couple weeks? No, just watching it, I've, I'm like, I've been catching up on like a lot of TV besides even Love Island, like we watched Better Call Saul, um, Matt's here visiting, my friend Matt is visiting from Atlanta, so he's been staying with us since like last Thursday, I guess? So he's here. So like at night, we were just like watching like a bunch of different random TV and stuff like that. What did we watch? Like, we watched most, but haven't finished yet, of Everything Everywhere All at Once, which okay. is really good and fun so far, and wild. We watched, like, Minions, Rise of Gru, like, just dumb shit. So, like, other than that, like, that's mainly what I've been doing and hanging out with him and just, like, uh, you know, chilling, seeing a friend. Cool. Yeah. Uh since you? we recorded our last episode, you and I did an episode of Boyfriend Tale, which has now been out a couple weeks, but we yes. did the new Gosling movie, The Gray Man, on Netflix. So if you which liked Red bad. Notice, this is basically the same exact kind of entertainment. So if you want more of that, uh, we did an episode for that over there. So go check yep. that out. Yep. I haven't really done anything because it's been so hot. I know that like we're complaining it's so that it's been I hot. Agree. But, like, I keep, it's 99 here now, according to my watch. Like, I, 
I, I wake up and I'm, it's like it's like 81 when I get downstairs. I'm yep. like, okay, so it's already too hot to open the windows at like yep. 7.30 in the morning. Yep. And then at lunch, it's like noon. I'm like, okay, cool. Like this afternoon when it gets a little cooler, I'll go do things. And it just gets nope. hotter and hotter and hotter. Yep. And so I don't feel like doing anything and I haven't gone out really. Um, I've gone to the movies a couple times, but all I've been doing is just watching things because I don't want to do anything else because I just don't have the literal energy to do it. And being outside is a nightmare. I absolutely agree. That's part of the reason why I feel so bland, too. But, like, even with my buddy Matt here, like, we've been doing very little, like, going out, right? Because yep. it's just, it's so hot. There's nothing, yes. yeah. So I will run through the sort of the new releases just very, very quickly, like, the good or bad in, like, one sentence about each. Because I've just seen so much since we, because it's been, like, two weeks. But I did... The weekend after we did Boyfriend Material, I went up to Mike Manzi's house and we did an Elvis called Follow That Dream from the 1960s, which is, you know, it's an Elvis movie. But we also saw in theaters DC League of Super Pets, which is the new movie with The Rock and Kevin Hart and Keanu as Superman, as Batman. Cage was Superman in a different movie. Keanu was Batman in this. Uh, But yeah, it's like, it's kind of a dumb, you know, it's like a kid's movie, but there's some good jokes in there. And, like, I, I think I tweeted from our account that The Rock's character says, ride or die. So I'm like, okay, so, you know, I guess he's back in the Fastiverse, maybe. Who knows? In the, in the same – at least Super Pets is in the same universe. Mm-hmm. So that's, you know, it, it's – if you want a kid's movie, I'm sure you can find better ones. You can also find worse ones, so that's pretty good. I saw a movie called Resurrection, which is a new Rebecca Hall sort of thriller horror movie that's now on demand, but I went to see it in the theater. So I, it was like, I'm like, oh, there's only one theater in New Jersey seeing this. I really are showing this. I really want to see this. Okay. Let me go see it. I really liked it. And then like three days later, I'm like, oh, it's going to be on demand on this Friday and it could have saved money and gas and whatever. But I'm glad I saw that. So that's great if you want like a thriller, horror, kind of creepy, weird movie. I watched Prey, the new Predator movie. It's on Hulu. It's a prequel in like the 1700s. It's awesome. It's so, so good. So if you want kind of like a nasty brutal action movie highly recommend prey we heard that it we heard that it's really really great from you and a lot of other people are saying it's really really great too so it's really really good yeah it's one of the best i think it's one of my favorite movies of the year so far i'm not as interested in like what's a best movie but it's one of my favorites of the year so far for sure i saw bullet train in theaters oh i forgot the what? big news in the last two weeks is that i canceled amc a list i have broken free i saw i wanted to ask you tyranny. about this okay I was just so like August is generally a slow month and like I know that when the fall picks up and whatever but like I was doing the math I hate AMC I've talked about this on here like it's a terrible experience it's a half an hour of ads uh the one by my house is the mall it's a diamond theater and it's like noisy and then there's the one that I go to that like when I go like on Thursday nights for a new release or whatever with traffic it takes me like 35 or 40 minutes to get there yeah and I'm figuring like round trip I'm taking like a gallon or more of gas which normally I wouldn't mind because I also like I don't mind driving. I don't mind like I have always have a podcast to listen and to. And you don't fine. and you don't drive a ton anyways because right. you're not like commuting to work yeah. and stuff. So like, but it's still yeah. like it's like one of those things where I'm like, okay, so I can go really far away, not really far away, but like farther than I need to to see a movie in a shitty environment, um, and like for free, quote unquote, for free, where I'm paying twenty five dollars a month, or I can go to a movie theater like four minutes from my house that's really nice and not spend like four or five bucks in gas. And I'm like, I'm just going to do that. Like, I'd rather yep. pay a little yep. bit more yep. and just never go to AMC again. Yep. Um, so I paid to see Bullet Train, which I, I kind of regretted immediately. Because, like, it's not bad, but it's not good. I think this is gonna, this is going to sound like an insult based on what I just said. But I think you would love it. No, it, it doesn't sound like an insult. Because it feels like the insult. kind of movie that would come out, like, in 2007. 
Like, I like schlock a lot. Like that's, it's not schlock. It's like it just feels dated as hell. Like it's directed by David oh. Leitch, who did Hobbs and Shaw. Yep. But you know, like later this lap, we're doing Lucky Number Seven as a bonus mm-hmm. episode. Mm-hmm. It feels like that. It's just like it's a movie that thinks it's being really cool, and it's like it's fine. Like it's I fun. Love Lucky Number Seven. I know I you really do. do. I think you would really like Bullet Train. It's not bad, but it's just like oh, like this feels like every other movie now. There are some fun cameos. There are some less fun cameos. Um, but you could do worse again, but you could also do better. Like it's two hours. It's fine. I think you would, when, when you can watch it at home, I don't know if I'd pay to watch it, but when you can watch it at home, you and Rachel should watch it. I think you would enjoy it. Cool. Um, when I saw that nearby, I was just like, Oh, cause like the theater nearby only does like 10 minutes of credits or 10 minutes of trailers. Again, it's like four or five minutes away as opposed to half an hour away. Is it an so independent like, theater, or is it, like, part of another chain? So this is the weird thing. It is part of a chain that there's, like, eight locations. There's, like, seven in California and one in New Jersey. And I don't know why it's here. I don't know why it exists like that. Uh, it's weird. I always thought it was independent, and then, like, I looked up, you know, because, like, growing up, there weren't, like, a lot of movie theaters around. So it was the one that my family would go to. It was, like, 20 minutes or half an hour away from where I grew up, but, like... It was like just the closest theater or whatever. I'm like, oh, this is not an AMC. It's not a Regal. It's not a this. It's not a that or whatever. Yeah. And then eventually, like, I Googled it or I looked at their website. And I'm just like, wait, why is it? Why are there like eight in California? There's like, like it's it's the weirdest thing. It's a theater that like has like you know they have like what they call like it's like a Dolby Atmos theater. They like completely read like right before the pandemic, like the two years before the pandemic, they redid every screen. So they're all brand new screens. Every seat's a recliner. Um, like, you know, Sick. the AMC yeah, that awesome. I would go to had some nice screens, but most of it was just kind of the dumpy, broken, busted chairs that they just are probably never going to fix because they don't have to because why would they? Um, but this, you know, they they jack the prices like crazy. But what's nice about this theater is that Saturday and Sunday mornings before noon and then all day Tuesday are like half price tickets. Okay, that's cool. So you can see a movie for like eight bucks, which again, that's half price. Like that's the crazy thing, right? Like it's like the, if half price is eight dollars. But the theaters aren't going to be slammed either, right? Like right. exactly. Like if the price is that high, then you're also just you're just buying VIP tickets for somewhere else. Right. Exactly. And so the the downside to this is I'm going to pay a little bit more money, which is fine. I don't mind doing that. But it's like the new release, like the Marvel things. I'm going to have to pay like twenty dollars to see it the night, like the Thursday night, or I just wait two days and see it. You know, it's, it's I can just yep. wait because like none, there's there's very few movies other than like Fast Ten, but like we would pay, I would pay for that anyway. You know what I mean? It's like that's not something yep. I'm super concerned about. But anyway, saw Bullet Train, came home and watched that movie Watcher, which is a movie that we talked about with Alex Jacobs from Racer Trash. That like thriller horror sort of like uh, girl being sort of stalked maybe in Romania. That was really good. Cool. I watched Not Okay on Hulu, which is the Zoe Dutch movie where she lies on social media about being like in a, in a terrorist attack, like surviving oh. that. Like she doesn't do it; just she lies about going to Paris while she's in Paris. There's a terrorist attack. She's like, "Oh my god, it was so scary!" And like it just like you know compounds from there. That was yeah. fine. I love her movie; was just okay. And then not a new movie, but I saw for the first time Ten Things I Hate About You" because we're doing that for okay. on the podcast, and I really liked it. Um, yeah. That's one that, you know, Brian still has not covered for his podcast. I can't believe that John and I are going to get to it before he does. But it's really good. I'm sure you've seen that probably at least once, if not a bunch of times, right? I have seen it on TV in past. I've never, like, sat down and focused to watch it. Some of it feels wildly outdated. Yeah. Um, the, like, in-credit... Remember when we did that Zack Attack movie, that awkward moment, and we With watched the bloopers tie. and the credits, and yeah, it's just like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. These are awful. Like, this is even worse than that. Like, every single one of these 
has like unknowingly and like now just sort of dated like sort of like a sexual assault or like just one of those kind of like weird like this is uncomfortable and creepy yeah. and gross and like sometimes like the the actresses are being weird sometimes the actors are being it's just like all these are just like i don't i don't like any of this um and it had a but it had a credit reel like that like a yes. oh, look mm-hmm. at how funny this was uh, but uh, Rachel's cousin is in it. So Allison Janney is in the movie as the guidance counselor at this high school. So shout out to her. Yeah, that is really cool. Allison Janney was just, she just did, I think, um, an episode of that show where, like, you look back at your family roots. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, she did that. I forget what it's called. And um, But they only looked at, like, her, her mom's side of the family because, obviously, Rachel's mom and Rachel know the whole family tree of, the Janny side. Yeah, 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 so I guess it's, it's easier to find the Janny thing when you're a celebrity, right? Because people come out of the woodwork like, hey, I'm your cousin, I'm your whatever. No, 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 they, 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 their family has, like, a long history of the, like, keeping the tree and, like, tracing, but, like, oh, gotcha, 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 all this gotcha. kind of stuff, so, like, that's how they know that, you know, she's a cousin, twice, whatever, removed, over. Like, 20 years ago, I was, we were invited to some, like, fifth cousin's barbecue or something because they, okay. they did this entire like family Genealogy. tree project yeah yes and they're like we know we traced everyone like come meet everybody i don't know any of those people i have not seen almost any of them again i don't know how i'm related to them we all got like a copy of it all like my dad has it somewhere but i'm like this is weird like it's cool but like i don't know who any of you people are i remember like i don't remember where we went so we had to drive sort of far it was just it was a weird it's I appreciate it, but it's, it can get weird, right? So It can. And also, this is my reminder pitch to never do 23andMe to all of you. Don't do it. You They, like, keep your DNA data. Mm-hmm. I, you can't imagine something good comes out of this. Just do genealogy with, like, a family tree. That's fine. Safe. Like, matching to, like, you know, some random serial killer, having the cops use it against you later. Don't do this. Bad yeah. idea. Yeah. Sorry, my PSA uh, agreed. For today. Agreed. I'm trying to think if there's any TV of note. I mean, obviously the rehearsal is the best show on TV. Oh, we all we caught it up. We caught up, obviously, and um, yes, we love it. Nathan Fielder's fucking hilarious. The episodes have been great. Um, we introduced Matt to it too. Uh, really, really funny. So excellent. Thank you for telling me that that existed. Yeah, because I, I didn't know it. Go ahead. Westworld has been really good this year, surprisingly, because last year was so terrible. And then oh, there's yeah, a show on Hulu, Reservation Dogs, which is about uh, indigenous people like Native Americans. Uh, first season was last year. This year, it's season two. It's so good. Like Everybody loves it. Really? Really everybody loves what we do in the shadows, which I like. Yes, I don't love. Yeah. I really like the movie a lot. The, the show is fine. I know that other people love it. I'm not Wes trying to, loves like, it. Yeah. I'm not trying to like... Take away from just, it, just the, the kind of humor they do like doesn't work for me. This I just adore. It's so funny and so good and just feels fresh and new in a way. And so I, I recommend Reservation Dogs. Like the half hour episodes, I think season one was like eight or ten episodes, and season two there's been like so breezy. two so far. So yeah, you could, if you liked it, you could like knock it out in a weekend. You know what I mean? Like it's one of those yep. kind of very quick whatever. So cool. I think that's it. You know, just doing. Lotto Pod, 1999 Pod, and all that sort of stuff. But we have a Patreon page here on the show, Too Fast. TooForever.com, shout out to Cassie Wilson, Ben Milliman, Nick Burris, Alex Ellen, and Justin Kleiman, Brian Rodriguez of Ooh. High School Slumber Party. Haley Gerbys, Wes Hampton, Jerry Robinson, Dan the Duke, Hayden, Renato Donato, Michael McGann, Lane Middleton, Lindsay Lewandowski, Nate Milton, the Kings of Sport, Jason Rainey, and Jessica Collins, a.k.a. Mon. Says, thank you all for supporting us the $5 a month level or above. 
If you did not listen to episode 250, new perk for the $10 a month patrons, every lap you now get a pick. It's going to be behind the paywall, but every lap you can pick anything you want us to watch, and we will watch it for you. Too fast, too forever.com. Setting ourselves up for like real weird shit, I think, but you know. No, I think it'll be fun. Yeah. Yeah. We have an email address, family at cageclub.me. Joe, we have one email from Alex Ellenin, subject line, Hall of Fame. What's up, Alex? So as we discussed last week, the Hall of Fame class year three had zero inductees, and he writes, I don't think the movies should be in the voting. There aren't any teams in the Baseball Hall of Fame or anything like that. The rest Ah. of the stuff is fine, but the movies take away from the other things with only 10 votes per person per year. That's that's not a bad take. We also were um, talking to Wes about this, and I'm just putting it out there. His suggestion was like, can you use multiple votes on one thing? I think if I redid the Google form in a way, we could do that. But I kind of like the whole like modeled after a real Hall of Fame. That's also fine. Yeah, that's because like it would be weird to be like, oh, Dom was inducted with 300 percent of the votes. It's like, what? Yeah. Although well, I guess I mean, it wouldn't like so it's say three hundred percent. Yeah, I guess like it would be. So say just for say for easy math sake, ten people vote, right? Yeah. And each of those ten people have ten votes. Yes. So there's a hundred votes that could be cast. Yes. I don't know like what the threshold would be. So like say like forty get get voted for Dom just because Dom is like a clear like he should be in. What and like the the next person gets like three, just say. Like, does that person get in? Ooh. Like, it's a, like, I don't know what the yeah, threshold would be. Yeah, we'd have to think be. the math, yeah. Because I don't know what the threshold would be to get in or to not get in. Like, if anything doesn't doesn't get votes, I don't know. Yes, yeah. I, I like I like the math. I I think everybody's just like, oh, I didn't think that nothing would get in. So now everybody's like, oh, the system's broken. But I also, there's part of me that's like, it's kind of cool that it's exclusive, in a way. Also true. Yeah, not bad. Yeah, we'll figure it out. I, th- I think, I don't, I don't hate Alex's idea of getting rid of the movies, because especially, like, two or three movies dropped off the ballot this year. Like, we're almost through. Because, like, there's, like, a couple that already fell off. Yes. So, in addition to the five that are on there, like, there might be one or two that have not never been on there. And just, like, well, they don't really deserve. So, like, I think just attrition would drop most of those off over time I think anyway. so, too. Yeah. It's just going to take time to balance out, I think. Yeah. So, maybe we just drop those five and keep it as ten. But instead of voting for, I guess, what would be 25 things? Is there five categories? Hold on. I think there's five categories of five each. Characters, cars, memes, movies, stunts. Yeah, so instead of voting on 25 things, there are 20 things. That might be a little bit better. Yeah, that's not bad. I actually want to take a look. So this year, the movies, F9 got 17%. 17% of people said yes. Fast and Furious number four got 6%. And I'm rounding just to make it easy. Fast Five got 24%. The first movie got 64%, and Tokyo Drift got about 30%. So, like, it's not like there's an overwhelming majority of people voting for these, but, like, that's, you know, more than half the people. 64, yeah, yeah, has stolen votes, yeah. I think think we could definitely consider that or just drop them from the ballot altogether next year and just say, yeah, no movie, sorry. Because it's not a direct correlation, I don't think, with the teams, but the team analogy kind of makes sense to me, too. It does. It works, yeah. Oh, this year we inducted the Yankees and the Dodgers into the Hall of Fame. It's like, okay, cool. Thanks. Yeah, sick. Thanks. What are we doing here? Um, that's all the emails. If you want to email in family at cageclub.me, and we will read it on the next episode. 
Joe, on the streets, news about the Fast and Furious. Do you want to share what you shared or what Wes shared or Brian shared? Who shared the thing about Lewis Hamilton with us? Do you want to share what that was? Now, this actually goes back like a couple weeks, but I think at like the British Grand Prix, um, Tom Cruise was there in the like stand. You know, I, I think we talked about this before that like they let you down there, like all yeah. the celebrities, like for like right before the race, right? It's kind of like being on the field, whatever. And Tom Cruise was there, and I was like, oh, this is pretty cool. Like, Tom Cruise is just, like, walk around. They do, like, you know, quick interviews with, like, some of the, um, you know, news stations that are there. But we didn't find out until recently why, and that's because Lewis Hamilton was cast to be in Top Gun Maverick, but because of the F1 season, he couldn't actually be an actor in it. So that was pretty cool. Yeah. So that's not really, like, Fast and the Furious news, but... It kind of is, because when we were talking about it with Iffy, we were like, who do we cast from F1 in the Fast and Furious? And he said Lewis Hamilton, right? So, And it feels, like, you know, plausible in a way that, like, it feels more likely that, like, a, not a, he's a celebrity, but he's not, like a celeb- he's not like a movie star, right? But, like, it feels more like, oh, yeah, Lewis Hamilton, as opposed to, like, oh, shit, Tom Cruise is in this movie, or yes, whatever, right? Yeah, like, it feels more plausible, yeah. Reaction Rocket tweeted at us, I think the interview was in Spanish, but the guy who played Reyes in Fast Five was being interviewed, and he was talking about working with Daniela Melchior, and then, like, or the interviewer asked him about that or something, and, like, they quickly changed the subject. But it seems like, based on this interview, that Daniela Melchior, who plays Ratcatcher in The Suicide Squad, yes. might be playing Reyes's daughter in Fast 10, which would be cool. Like Ooh, again, very cool. I like that a lot. Bringing past villains back even though the number one thing we all want is like resolution with the cypher story if she's here for something who knows right like i don't know like just on the one hand i would like oh yeah you know sins of the father or whatever but on the other hand just like let's wrap up the cypher story let's do something with cypher right yeah i agree well now newly added jason momoa is handing out waters on his his water he apparently has a water brand which i didn't know about but he was handing it out on hawaiian airlines Mm mm-hmm who else? I saw somebody else running promo for something that's adjacent to us recently, too. Oh, man. Like, another person that's in the Fast and the Furious had a project come out. And I, who was it we were just talking about, like, last week? And you were like, did you see them on TV talking about this? And I was like, no. And then, like, the next morning they were on TV talking about this. Oh, who was that? I don't know. You are like, did they? Oh, Ryan Gosling. Sorry. Oh, it wasn't Fast and Furious. It was another podcast. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's who it was, though. Okay. Right. Okay. Yeah, because it's the kind of thing where, like, every like there's so many different places that need to fill time with celebrities, and celebrities are just like, yes, please let me pimp my thing on this, like, eighth tier. Not that Netflix is, like, an eighth tier. Like, like oh, it's only available on Kino Cult. It's like, well, how, 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 who's supposed to know about this? And yep. That's why they go on there, right? So, yeah. yes. Okay. Um, any other news that you've seen in the last couple weeks? No, it was Momoa, Momoa oh. pitching water. What? I got to share my dream news. Go ahead. Oh, please do. It's so funny. Two nights ago, I had a dream that the F nine, the, the Fast Ten trailer came out. Not that we saw this, the movie. This dream, this dream is amazing. Wait and wait and see how Joey this story gets. Go ahead. It's the dumbest. So it's not that Fast Ten was out and we saw it. It's not that we that were in we were Fast in Ten. The movie. No, you it were hanging out I with the characters. Up, nothing. Woke up, came downstairs, checked YouTube, and I was just like, "Oh, the Fast Ten trailer's out." And I sent you and West the link. And then we were getting ready to watch, or we we're getting ready to record a bonus episode reacting to the epi- reacting to the trailer. And that was the dream. And I watched the trailer in my dream, and I remembered like 
I remembered a couple things and I'm like, I'm not going to write this down. I'm going to go back to sleep because I'm like, this is dumb. Yep. But I did remember that Hobbes was in it in like a sauna or like a Russian bathhouse, like Ooh. giving this kind of like dramatic monologue to start the trailer off. But I don't remember anything else about it. And I don't remember. It was just like one of those things where I'm like, why am I thinking about like giving myself more work to do in a dream? Um, but yeah, so maybe it's coming soon. Maybe the Fast 10 trailer. I don't know. Maybe, but yeah, that's not news, but it's in my dream. It was news in my dream, so that's you know, something, I guess. No, it was, I was laughing that, yes, that you, that it was so Joey of you to wake up and give yourself more work to do. Yeah. Like, in the dream. Not, and like, you didn't even have like a good, that's the, that's like so bland, like in the worst way possible. That like. Oh yeah, we saw three minutes of Fast 10, and like, not even, like, I don't even want to watch trailers. No, that's what like, I'm I, saying. I feel like I have to. Yeah, it's yeah, terrible. But, it's like, terrible. It, like you didn't get to, like, hang out with it. You weren't like, oh, yeah, like, nope. me and Gal Gadot made out for ten minutes, you know? Nope. Like, you're like, oh, that would be sick. It's like, I was no. just in my living room watching a trailer on my laptop. Yep. <laughs> Super cool. All right, Joe, the final thing to do before we take a break is the Fast and Furious Minute, the Too Fast, Too Furious Minute, Minute 70. Only one title. Only one title possible. Bilkins' Day Off. I do have friends, Carter. <laughs> okay. I'll see you later. Nice shirt, Bilkins. It's my day off. Well, anyhow, this is the deal. Last night, Barone threatened a cop into giving us a window. We're driving to an airstrip in the Keys off of Nallwood Avenue. Barone has a plane there, and he's taking off for good. Wait a minute. How do you know this? Monica. She's doing her job. She warned us. She warned you about what? Barone plans to kill us after we give him the money. Driving into an ambush was never part of the deal. I'm calling this off. Like hell you are. This is a customs case, Bill. So in this minute, Monica lies to Carter well enough to get him off her back, for now at least, as he leaves. Back at East Coast Fisheries, Brian fills in Markham, Bilkins, and Dunn on the latest news. Carter threatened a cop into compliance, giving Brian and Roman a window to drive in a, drive to an airstrip and escape. Bilkins decides the plan is too dangerous, wants to pull the plug. Markham disagrees as the minute ends. Joe, we're back at East Coast Fisheries. There's nothing to look around. Is there anything of note that you noticed in this minute? The windows are apparently like boarded over with the same two sheets of trailer sails is what I okay. can make out of. There's some paint buckets on the ground, and I found a new thermal cup on the table there, uh, but not so much lookeries for me this minute. Yeah, because we went from outside Carter's house by the pool, which we've already been yeah. to, and we, we saw last minute, and yep. then we went back to this place, and there's, there's not even things around. It's just like an empty, it's even emptier than it was last time. Last time it was empty. It is, it is. Um, but I did, I focused on something, I don't know if you just saw it, you know, I'm, I'm like thinking and looking and trying to figure out what, something I want to know. And Brian says that they're driving to an airstrip in the Keys off of Norwood Avenue, right? You think he's saying like Norwood? Yeah, okay. So, yes. So, I searched for Nallwood Avenue in the Florida Keys. There is no Nallwood Avenue, but there is a Norwood Avenue. And it's kind of close to, like, something that could be an airstrip. There's, like, a lot of, like, airport shuttle and transportation things around. 
So I'm guessing he means this. There's n nothing directly off of that, but I think that this is probably him saying Norwood with some kind of goofy accent. Like how people say Nolans. Yeah, and and we have the precedent of of like Roman being like, we hungry, and stuff like that, you know what I mean? Right. Yep, where it's just like, this isn't really a specific accent, we're just doing the South, so dropping letters, yeah, yeah, switching yeah. sounds, doing making a draw. noises. Just a, yeah, a, exactly. a general draw. So I think that, that maybe that's what it was. And that was like my cool, fun fact of the thing. Um, when we get to the airstrip, I'll, you know, obviously try to figure out where that is, like yeah. on the map and see if our our Norwood, Norwood theory pans out. So as of now, it's just a question in the sheet, a question mark that's like, did he mean this? Because I don't know. It definitely sounds like Norwood. I'm with you, but... Yeah, that was one that, like, that's just how it was in the script yep. website yep. that I'm copying from. I'm like, I can't... It, You know, maybe if I watched it with the subtitles, because, like, the way that I have it chunked up, like, it, it by cutting it up into minute segments, it lost the subtitles. So, like, yep. maybe putting on too fast, we would have the actual subtitle. But I'm like... I don't have a better descript like spelling for what he says than what that is, so I might as well leave it, right? So Yeah, I agree. Three very quick things I noted. Number one, juris jurisdictional conflict between Markham and Bilkham's not really exciting, but just something to point out. That yes. they're like that Markham's like, you know, this is a customs case now. You can't blah 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 and then it stops. Carter tossing the sunglasses onto Monica's like not her chest, but like her throat, like her neck. I'm just like, that's such a weird, like shitty, childish thing to do. I know, and I think that like, I don't think we've established that like these movies are trying to be anywhere near kind of like progressive yet, especially at this point. No. So it's not like he was like not trying to throw him at her chest. I think if anything, he was trying to throw him at her chest and missed. Like land on her boobs. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Like, I think he was trying to be, like, here and just, like, toss him on her boobs, and, like, it actually, like, tossed him on her throat. And <sighs> yeah, he just, like, I think he just, like, you know, because he's saying, like, are you lying to me? You don't have friends, blah, blah, blah. And then just, like, mm, here you go. Blech. So. Exactly. And the other thing is that I love, this is the iconic Bilkins in that really wild t-shirt, or uh, Hawaiian-style shirt. Yes. And I like that, I, you know, we don't see, maybe Markham and Dunn said something before they got there. But Brian, the only one who's been in two movies with Wilkins, you know, comments on the shirt. It's my day so off. So this is what I wanted to pitch to you. Okay. I think that that's a good question. Well, so the question that I wrote down is where is Carter's airstrip located? The answer is in the Keys. Not bad. I was thinking I do like the idea of... I have a presentation for it, too. Please hit us with it. Brian comments on Bilkins' shirt. What is on the shirt? And the answer is fish. Uh huh. And it could be like flamingos. It could be like. It looks like red crabs and blue fish. But I don't know definitively because like it was. I don't think it was crabs. I thought it was like um. The red look. I, that's 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 the issue that I was having because I was trying to write down not for the question just for the description like what's on there. The red looked kind of crab like and the blue looked like fish. Hold on. Let me take a pause real quick. One more time. They look like spiky fish. No, no, no. They're all fish. One's all like fish. angler fish, and then one's like some kind of like goofy almost marlins. But that's like a a billow off the top of the fish's head. It's not a crab. Yeah, we could do that. Let's do both. Let's do both questions then. So let's do. I'm fine with that too. The, that's totally fine. What pattern is on Bilkins' shirt? 
And it'll be palm Vilken trees. Says, quote, day off shirt. Yeah. Fish, palm trees, um, flamingos. flamingos. Do you have another one that, like, kind Pineapples. of... Pineapples. Perfect. Yep, 100%. And then the question is, where is Carter's airstrip located in the Keys? I just wrote down on Miami Beach, but I need two more, like, sort of just Florida locations. The Everglades, right? Or okay. what? And, um... Uh, Alligator Alley. Yep, that's exactly what I was thinking of. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Cool. So minute 70 is two questions. We're up to 75 questions, I think, in total now, which is very exciting. What pattern is on Bilkins's day off shirt? It's fish. And where is Carter's airstrip located? The answer is in the Keys. Cool. I like both of those questions. I think we both did good this time. That yeah, was fair, 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 fair. I mean, not easy, but you know, fair, gettable. I, I'm gonna have a tough time with the Bilkins's shirt one because you know it's like Hawaiian print, whatever bullshit, right? So like, you're gonna be like, I can see it. I can picture it. I know it's yellow. It's yellow. There's like blue spots and red spots. That yep. should help. Okay. Is there anything else you want to say about this minute, or is there nothing else to say in minute 70? I really wish I could tell what kind of sunglasses Monica has. And Rachel wears sunglasses that look very, very similar a lot of the time. So I would like to have learned what brand and style they were. But uh, alas, he just throws them at her throat, and we move along. Well, let's take a break, and let us come back and talk about the fate of the Furious. episode number 251 fate of the furious lap 11 this episode is brought to you by grand theft auto 5 and the ko perico heist where you start as an infamous drug lord who goes by the name of el rubio who has stolen sensitive documents from a submarine so shout out to that yeah well shout out to grand theft auto 5 and welcome back to too fast too forever with us tonight to talk about the fate of the furious and I think also the franchise as a whole, as a whole, you'll know why in a second. We have a columnist from the Washington Post, Alyssa Rosenberg. Hello, Alyssa. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for joining us. And thank you for writing this piece last summer called, and I will link it in the show notes if people want to read it, and you should, Franchises Are Taking Over Hollywood, If Only They Could All Be F9, The Fast Saga. So I feel like there are two very different paths that people take when new Fast and Furious movies come out. There's the very vocal part of the people on the internet where they're just like, how are they still making these movies? And yep. then there's the enlightened people like us who are like, <laughs> yes, this is the only good franchise going. Um, so I would love to hear, before we get into your history of the franchise, like where was this a thing that you were assigned? Is this something you pitched? Like, how, Where did this come from? Um, this is something I pitched. Um, so I, I have a somewhat unusual job within the world of major newspaper opinion columnists. Um, for almost a decade now, I have been the only critic who works in a newspaper opinion section. And you know, I, my job is not just to write reviews of movies, but to sort of explain how pop culture explains the world back to us, right? Cool. I'm okay. interested in the intersection of politics and culture. And so, you know, during the COVID-19 pandemic, a big subject for me was the fact that we were losing mass cultural experiences um, for a number of reasons, right? I mean, streaming has fragmented 
movie going and television audiences Definitely. in a totally unprecedented way. Uh, and then with movie theaters shut down, you lost, you know, this communal experience. And, you know, look, younger people in particular go to the movies less often. Um, you know, the average American doesn't go to the movies that many times a year anyway. But you were shutting down one of the last venues where Americans of, you know, all political backgrounds, races, mm -hmm. classes, creeds, came together, um, usually to watch something blow up or some alien to invade, but they came together nonetheless. And so, you know, last summer, the movie business was undergoing a real test, right? Things had been basically shut down for a year. You know, Warner Brothers had sent their entire slate of movies to HBO Max. Um, and there was this real question about whether or not people were going to come back. Um, you know, the only big blockbuster movie that really got released in prime viewing period in 2020 was Christopher Nolan's Tenet. Yep. Um, and so people were just kind of bracing themselves. And, you know, this this was before movies like Everything Everywhere All at Once um, or yep. even Top Gun Maverick came back and kind of reassured Hollywood and America at large that there was going to be a viewing public for things that weren't just, you know, Avengers or DC superheroes. And so, you know, I was, as a columnist, I was kind of interested in this communal experience in this franchise that while technically now sort of functioning like a superhero movie is still apart from those big, you know, um, Warner's and DC franchises. Um, and, you know, I was kind of checking in and saying, look, if all we're going to get are franchise movies, because there was definitely a period when it looked like right. you yeah. know, that might be all movies were ever again. You know, this one is kind of my favorite. And here's why. Yeah, that's great, because I feel like since Vin Diesel saved us by welcoming us back to the movies, movies. and Nicole Kidman was like, you know, here we make movies better. Uh, it did feel like, oh, we might never like I went to the movies more than once a week in like the five or six years leading up to the pandemic. And then I didn't even see Tenet in theater. So I'm like, I don't feel safe going back. And this was my return. Mm. And I feel like I, I go less now than I was just because like the release of everything has changed so much. But it did feel like, oh, I don't know what this the, the future is going to look like, because like you said, it might just be like Marvel movies and then everything else just gets dumped somewhere else. And it was kind of weird and like troubling but I do, I do like, like what what really kind of caught our eye about this piece, other than you know just very well written and, and readable and like smart, was that it, you, you pointed out the things that make this franchise fun and weird in a way that we enjoy. Like no other movie, no other major franchise take, takes time to do like moments like you point out, like with Letty and Mia just having dinner, and it's like, well, why are you doing this? Like because that's what people want. And I feel like there's something special about the weirdness of these movies and the very core family element that you captured so well. So I guess just thank you for like putting some respect on the Fast and Furious's name. I, you know, it's it's a pleasure. Um, I mean, I, you know, I have pretty Catholic tastes, right? The, my probably the, my favorite movie that I saw last year was Pig, which is an incredibly weird Nicolas Cage movie about a like truffle hunting former chef in the Love Pacific yep. Northwest. Mm -hmm. I love the Fast and Furious movies. They are delightful to watch. And there is a tendency in opinion sections in general to treat pop culture as, you know, worthwhile only in the sense that like it illuminates some larger point about America. Sure. You know, there's a reason that so many columnists, even ones who weren't critics, like wanted to get in on the Game of Thrones action. Um, but, you know, something like the Fast and Furious movies to me, you know, represent a possible vision of the country that 
you know, is more sort of unified and adult and relaxed and emotionally connected than I think a lot of, you know, God knows what we see on Twitter, what we see on cable news. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, And it's kind of underrated as something that Americans want that appeals to them. And also they're fun, right? Like they're fun and they're ridiculous. And ridiculousness and total transportation and suspension of disbelief are underrated qualities, um, whether, you know, in, in any facet of life. And so that's one of the, that's been one of the benefits of my job is to say, you know, I don't need to find a justification for writing about this, right? Like I don't have to prove that it's important. Um, I can sort of meet people where they are and where they are is like, having insane fights in cars have stunk at at his hot towers it's like weird stuff with nuclear submarines it's involving safes like you know america just wants to watch bin diesel be huge and talk about the importance of family and we can all find some common ground there yeah it's a nice combination of like beautiful people doing things in a fun way that just makes you feel like oh yeah like you know there's like, what did I just watch? I watched Bullet Train, which I didn't hate, but it was just like, this is just like two hours of like, I didn't, I don't feel anything here. Like it, it yeah. wants to be fun and cool. And like, there's, you know, there's names on screen and there's flashbacks and there's jokes and everything. It's just like, there's nothing like I walked away, like, I don't remember any of that immediately. And here it's like, oh, there's like, any of these movies, even ones that we don't love as much as the other ones, even though they're all perfect. There's like stuff in there. That you're like, okay, this is somehow worth rewatching over and over again, because like they they're highlighting like the fun and the love and everything it's just they're they're weird and special so what is your what's your history with these movies have you been with the franchise since the beginning did you come in later where did you come in and you know what's your fast and furious history i guess i must have watched them from the beginning um and it's like i feel like they have been part of my cultural landscape for so long that it's like almost difficult for me to remember you know where it's my origin story is just like it's it's blurred, it's misty in the past. But, <laughs> yeah. Um, something that's worth noting about me is I have kind of a weird background for someone who writes about culture professionally, which is that I grew up with very little access to it. Um, okay. I, you know, my parents were not particularly interested in pop culture. I saw, you know, like Disney movies as a kid. My first movie was the re-release of Bambi, which was just a horrible, traumatic thing to do to a young person. Um, but, you know, I, my, we got, my parents got a television in 1992 because they wanted to watch the Bush Clinton presidential debates. Very we, fun. Okay. We, we lived okay. in Vermont. We didn't have cable. We didn't have a satellite. So we watched them like blurry, right? <laughs> we watched them all grainy because that was the best reception we could get. I did not watch children's television shows. I, you know, I read Archie comics, which like, marks me as a real throwback you know i was not reading like superhero (laughs) comics um i totally missed like the music of the late 80s and early 90s i just had no contact with any of this stuff so it wasn't like censorship it was just like a lack of interest from your parents that like just didn't get passed down yeah i mean i read tons of books um Mm -hmm. they actually like they gave me an incredible uh education in buster keaton and charlie chaplin and other silent movies so you know i like i still maintain that one of the greatest action movies of all time is the general um it's so good it's it's a perfect film, right? Orson Welles thought the same thing. He was like, there's just never going to be a better movie. It's also the best use of a slide whistle in any movie. Like, no no movie's done it better in, like, the 95 years since I came out. Yes, exactly. And so, um, you know, I had this kind of eclectic cultural upbringing, but that was very divorced from, um, you know, what was going on in mainstream pop culture. I was a total weirdo. And 
that changed in high school when I met one of my best friends. Um, and he and I just like hung out in his basement and watched deranged action movies all the time. Um, <laughs> That's so awesome. I, I, I'm that guy. That's like, awesome. I am like the Pierce Brosnan Bonds. I have probably watched Hackers 150 times. Um, you know, clearly like The Matrix came along when I was in high school and that was obviously really formative. Um, but in some ways for me, the Fast and Furious movies were the first franchise that I was like old enough and connected enough to come in at the ground floor with. And so, you know, I'll, I'll be 38 this year. Um, you know, Happy they, birthday. Thank you. Um, and so these movies have essentially been my adulthood, right? Mm-hmm. They've been sort of one of these common threads. And, um, you know, it's, it's one of the first franchises where like, I've been there the whole time. Like I, almost establishes my sort of baseline with everyone else, right? <laughs> and so I, I have grown up with, you know, Dom and Letty and Mia and everyone else. And, um, but it's the first thing where like, I wasn't playing catch up, right? I was just yeah. there all along. So you're like 17 when the first movie comes out, which is like Mia's age. So you're basically yeah. just Mia as this goes through. <laughs> yeah, although I have to say, um, I know that you guys at some point are going to like sort out which character I am. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I am. I will I will keep it to myself which character I think I'm actually going to turn out to be in your quiz, but it is probably not Mia. <laughs> well, I, I'm Mia, so I, I hope you're not putting, you're not disrespecting Mia because I am very no. much a den mother and I love Mia. And even though she's not given a ton to do, I am definitely like, it's, our quiz I, is like scarily accurate in a way that like we did not, we're not ready for. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know there is like, I am absolutely putting no shade on Mia's name at all. She is fantastic. Thank she's you. probably much handier than I am. Um, and uh, definitely, I, you know, I guess I have some dead mother skills, but I think there's some other characteristics that might pop up once we get there. So. We will find out toward the end. But before we talk about this movie in particular, can you please hit us with your rankings, either favorite to least favorite or least favorite up, whatever way you want to do it, whichever way you think is going to be more suspenseful. Um. Okay, let's go with least favorite up. I I have this like written out on a notebook Beautiful. with notes. Yep. So. Now, the, the big question that people, like, lately our guests have not been doing, are you including Hobbs and Shaw or no? Um, oh, that's a good question. Um, let me... You don't have to. No you pressure. You don't have to if you don't want to. Yeah, yeah I think I'm going to set that to the side. If okay, only that's fine. You know, I mean, to me, like, if you don't... If, if Dom is not a main character in a Fast and Furious movie, is it even a Fast and Furious movie? Like, let's, let's be clear. That's a good point. That's a really good point, yep. So, let's start from the bottom, which I have to say, Too Fast, Too Furious... You know, again, like, Dom not a main character. What's even sort of the point? Um, next, Tokyo Drift. We get Han. That's fine. Like, get ourselves some nice side characters. Um, Travelogue is always fun. But, you know, just not not that high up there with me. Mm-hmm. Um, next up, I would put The Fate of the Furious and F9 together. In okay. part because, well, I think, like, I love Charlize Theron. She's, you know, she's a good antagonist. But for me, and this may be kind of unconventional, so I think the emotion in the Fast and Furious movies and the sort of like adult grown up, like actually dealing with people dealing with their stuff is a core part of the franchise. But both the Elena and the Jacob stuff kind of tip over into rank sentimentality for me in a way that doesn't totally land. But also this is in part a statement of the fact that you know, my, like, higher up in the rankings, like, all of these movies are really quite good. So it's less shade on those two movies than a note that the emotional calibration is not quite right. 
so would you say like after or above before however you want to look at it like is there is there like a dividing line here like these top five are the like clear five winners yeah. is there a gap okay cool i would say so um uh so next up i'd say fast and furious six i think the letty uh amnesia plot is really well handled love michelle rodriguez getting to see her stretch a little bit um next up the fast and the furious right this is the original it's just like and it's it's easy now that it's become this like insane superhero franchise to forget like the whole reason this franchise has been able to make the pivot that it has is because the core elements are really attractive um and they're something that you want to return to over and over again like it's never you know the franchise has never forgotten you know the 10 second car the you mm-hmm. know the just the appeal of um sort of gearhead greatness and you know if the original didn't work this wouldn't be a massive world defining exactly yep top three we got four five and seven left which is a very you have four pretty high which is you know i'm excited about but that's it's unusual i would say hold on a second did i forget something in my ranking hold on a second did you forget the fourth one you know what this is a problem with having too much writing on your notepad i think i ended (laughs) up grouping yep I have Fast and Furious in between Too Fast, Too Furious, and Tokyo Drift. Um, okay, okay, okay. Um, so apologies for that. No, Let no, no, that's so, fine. I can fix that. That's no um, problem. Uh, so we're up top two, Fast Five, because you can't beat the safe heist. Um, and then I think my favorite is Furious 7. You've got, like, the whole team totally comes together in the movie. It completes the transition to um, an insane superhero franchise. And I love the Etihad Tower sequence. What can I say? Yeah, that's a great part. Yeah, it's it's a full commitment to lunacy, right? Yes, it's like yes. it's like we are all in on this being completely nuts. Uh, we're gonna make no excuses, and but it's also like it's trusting the audience to suspend disbelief, right? I mean, there you know this is not like a Tom Cruise movie where he knows that he's just, where you know that he's just addicted to being completely insane. This is not a Marvel or DC movie where like you understand that these characters have superpowers. Um, but it is a leap of faith, literally, right? It's like, we, tr- like we trust these characters yeah. to pull anything off. And that's kind of a defining moment for the franchise, right? Where it's like, it fully becomes something that is just, trust you at a um they go for it and they're like you're you're on board we know you're on board to some extent exactly not to some extent fully like, fully fully on board committed, right this is something weird that i don't think that um joey and i we've ever talked about that like that point that you're making the delineation between like seven because we always talk about you know seven being like such a paul walker experience right yep. but not that it's the for lack of a better term, like the jumping the shark, like that's when it like starts to get real wacky, right? Like five and six were action movies and like, granted you have the world's longest runway or whatever, but like, it still like feels like an action movie. You're right though. But like, once you hit seven, that's when you take the pivot and it's just like, okay, like we know you guys are in this. You're going to be with us no matter what. So like, let's have some fun. We will send Roman and Tej to space and you will be right there with us. Right? Like, yeah. It trusts the audience to do to believe something crazy without insulting their intelligence, and yeah. I think that's like that's actually kind of attractive, right? Like, yeah, you know, you're in on the joke without the movie clowning itself. Um, there's just something. It's weird to say that there's something nice about that, but I actually think there's something nice about that. 
It is. Like, we, we, we talked about for a while that we were afraid that the going to space, like, was, like, this meme or this joke, and they figured out a way to do it without, again, I think, you know, Joe said it, without insulting us, without, like, making a mockery of the franchise. It's like, we know that you're talking about going to space. We're going to do it in a way that, like, science is kind of on board with. It's like, okay, like, that's, it's, it's respectful in a very strange way, which is, which is nice. Yeah, I totally agree. So to kick off the conversation, I'm not sure if I mentioned this via email or not, but this lap in between the Fast and Furious movies, we are talking about heist movies. And I think mm. that we're, I'm going to change it up a little bit here, Joe, because okay. this is a heist movie in that, like, you know, Dom is stealing the nuclear football from that thing. Yep. There are, like, small heists here. But I feel like for the first movie in this franchise, there's it's kind of because it's Dom versus the team it's like each person kind of has less individual things to do. It's just like we're collectively coming together to try to stop Dom and whatever. Like mm. something's going on. We don't know what it is. So, Alyssa, what we're doing is all lap long we're watching these heist movies and we're putting together this ultimate heist team. So oh, instead of just picking yeah. someone from this movie, I would like to hear, in your opinion, if you needed someone from the family, from any – like someone in this movie, but it can be from, you know, performances in any other movie, if you're – putting together a team that, you know, to rob a bank in Rio or to take down the Monte Carlo, like whatever you want, want to do, which member of the family would you like to have on your side? Who brings something to the table that you're like, I need to have them on my team because without them, we're not going to be successful. Okay. So from the Fast and Furious movies, not Correct, from like yes. Okay. Hmm. If you want to think about that for a second, Joe and I can go through ours first. Yeah, go for it. Joe, uh-huh. who do you have in this movie? In this movie, I had two options. Okay. I kind of wanted you to go first, and I could just play devil's advocate because I think that there's only two options unless you have a – like, I'd be surprised if you have someone different. Do you want me to go first, or do you want to go first? I would like you to go first because I feel like the way that I set up I – was, I was struggling to come up with someone specific because I feel like they're all collectively – like, even when in that scene where there's, like, we're going to use God's eye, they're all, like – it's their, it's like a hive mind idea. You know what I mean? Do like you want – do you yeah, want me ahead. to yeah, yeah. give you both of my options sure, yeah. and you can pick the other one? Okay. So in this movie, I think uh, one clear option is Cypher because she is making Dom work for her, which is sure. unfounded. Absolutely. She has something that's essentially better than God's Eye. She has a private plane. She has her own crew of bad guys that mm-hmm. have like weaponry and things like that. Plus she's like the smartest woman on the planet, greatest hacker sure. on the planet. Yep. Mm-hmm. I think she's very hard to argue against, right? Doesn't she introduce a lot of complications though? I mean, that is not a personality that's going to like play well. <laughs> okay, Joe, so Joe background just... is yeah, I'm not picking based on personality. I picked like a lot of rogue people's mm. but just oh, like... so the, the first episode this lap when we were trying to figure out what yes. this game was going to be we had one of our good friends on and we had this 25 minute art long argument where joe was like no i want who was it oh it was vince vince, vince is the, the only right movie. answer from the first movie and we're like no but vince is an asshole like we don't want yeah. he's like he's like i don't care he's going to be best for the team and me and jordan our, our guests were just like no no no, we don't want assholes on the team so joe does not That's care fine. about personality i'm right there with you Alyssa. i don't want safer on my team but I, you have to, she's got the skills. It's just, you know, yeah, kind of evil. Okay, so Cypher's one. Who's your other pick? My other pick and is got to be Hobbs because he, okay. like, breaks out of jail. Okay? He's Hobbs. It's just the rock in general. He's huge and hulking, right? And he, like, puts the team together. So he has, like, the leadership. I mean, I have a ton of leaders on my own team personally. So... Um, got a bunch of alphas and double alphas. Yeah, I got a bunch of alphas. So, like, that's not great. But then, like, you know, his access, his, like, sure. how he's in the DSS, like, these kind of things. 
you know, he'll help you play through the law type situation, okay. which I think can be helpful. Mm-hmm. So, like, these were my two main picks for this movie. For sure. I'm going to go with somebody different. I'm going to go with somebody that we sort of teased, I think, in Furious 7, who was not really a full character there, and she's more of a character here. I'm going to go with uh, Ramsey, because I feel like she is very clearly, like, this is the first movie where she's able to, she's a part of the family, she's flexing her hacker muscles. We obviously have so many hackers now, but I think that her ability and her skills and just her knowledge is going to be a key thing. Like, she is kind of cipher light yep. or cipher, you know, a half step down without all of the baggage. That's exactly what I thought, too. Like, I liked Ramsey, and I was like, oh, this is kind of our opportunity. If you want to pick her for your team, this is the time to do it. Yep. But because, like you said, I think she's just like a tier lower than cipher. Like, there are a lot of the same similar skills, and cipher has like the network and. You know what I mean? I've so, probably said it before. Like, you might steal this money before we do, but we're going to have a better time doing it. And that's all that matters. It's not yeah. about, the, it's about the journey, not the destination. Your team's going to be arguably more beautiful. Sunshine and rainbows, baby. That's Sunshine all we got. and rainbows. They're going to be more friendly and more familial, for sure. 100%. Now, Alyssa, who would you like? There's no wrong answers. It's all, you know, just open-ended essay. Who would you like to recruit to this team of people taking down a job? I feel like this is a really interesting question in part because it gets at the philosophy of the heist, right? Like, are you doing it through brute force? Are you doing it through Mm -hmm. technology? Are you pulling like an Ocean's Eleven style, you know, running a bunch of simultaneous cons? Mm -hmm. Um, And I will confess to a preference for the Ocean's Eleven style simultaneous cons ploy. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so in that case, I'm going to have to go with Deckard Shaw in part because I think he's versatile, right? You yep. can send him in as the British sophisticate. You can send him in as like a kind of working class guy. You can have him do, you know, multiple accents. He can do the espionage stuff. He can do the brute, the brute force stuff. He's a little bit, he can be a little bit less conspicuous than Hobbes because let's face it, that man is a mountain. He's going to stand out wherever he goes. 100% agreed. Yep. What you want is a team full of role players. And uh, I think Shaw is the way to go under these circumstances. I love it. I think that's a great answer. Now, sort of side question. Do you have a favorite character in these movies? It doesn't have to be in this movie in particular, but do you have a favorite character from the Fastiverse? (sighs) I think the problem is that this is going to give away who I think I am going to end up with. Oh, okay. We'll save it at the end then. That's fine. That's totally fine. (laughs) I appreciate that. Cool. Um, so let's talk about Fate of the Furious and also, you know, any of the movies. I, I think, like, I, I, you know, as as low on the list of your favorite movies as the Fate of the Furious is, I think by this point, these movies have become so interconnected that to talk yes. about one of them kind of becomes talking about all of them. Yeah. So thoughts about this movie in particular? I, I guess the question that we've been sort of leading with in these later movies recently is I would love your take on Cypher. Yeah. Because I feel like each of these movies seems to introduce a villain, like, you know, Jacob, John Cena in F9 is like, he's the villain. And all of a sudden by the end, it's just like, okay, he's part of the family now. Like he's just, you know, family comes back. But Cypher is like this one loose thread that we have not really done much with. She's just like this force for evil and we don't really know what she's doing. So what is your take on Cypher, the Charlize performance, the way that they've done the character in the two movies? Like, where do you think they're going? Is she the ultimate bad guy? Is there someone above her? Like, what's your take on Cypher? I really enjoy I enjoy her in part because she is a female type that you don't see in movies very mm-hmm. frequently. And it gets it, she actually gets at something that is fairly unique about this franchise. And so you don't get a lot of the sort of sociopathic girl boss archetype, right? Sure. Like mm-hmm. um and you in particular don't get that type 
with a character who is not put in the position of being hyper-feminine, right? And these movies do something really unique, which is that they have a bunch of female characters who are defined in part by their skills in traditionally masculine professions, right? Sure. I mean, yeah, yeah. we have Michelle Rodriguez, who is, you know, famously, you know, just butcher than average um, in Hollywood. Mm -hmm. And, you know, here she like, she is sexy and appealing to the main character in part because she is a gearhead, right? Like she yeah. is not, she is like fundamentally a mechanic and a driver. She is not arm candy. The movies, you know, like periodically, like she'll wear a great dress or something, but that is always like a kind of like it's either special occasion she's getting married or like it's a kind of drag for you know for whatever to blend in almost right yes and mm -hmm. so cypher very much fits that pattern in that you know i mean she wears like slouchy blazers um you know they do sort of interesting but not like hyper feminine things with her hair um and she is sort of like dead-eyed and strategic and manipulative but not like she's not a femme fatale she's not a bombshell she is you know she's a female character who runs very cold in a way that um i think like makes her more off-putting in part because that's not what we have been trained to expect from female characters sure yeah, um, yeah. but makes her more effective in some way she's kind of reptilian and Shirley yep. theron often plays these kind of characters who are kind of closed off or inaccessible mm -hmm. in some way, right? I mean, I don't know if you guys have seen Monster, where she plays Eileen Morona. Oh, yeah. Um, we Just a quick side note. I did a podcast with another friend of mine, Mike, uh, and we watched all of her movies. So, it, yeah, you're absolutely... Yeah. I think the closed off, kind of icy, cold, distant is for sure a good descriptor of most of her characters. Or often repressed, right? I mean, she's sure. kind of like... Part of what's interesting about her about her performance as Waronos is that she's someone who is so bifurcated in a mm -hmm. way and sort of self-justifying. Um, you know, you see a totally different manifestation of that idea in her performance in Mad Max Fury Road, where she yep. is someone who is tremendously, you know, composed and controlled in part because if she gives in to her emotions, it will be just overwhelming and debilitating. And so, you know, this is not like her most subtle or nuanced character, but it's a kind of female character that we see so infrequently that it's just, it's, it's an arresting performance. Right. And it's, you know, it's arresting to see her treat so many men as like totally disposable as, yep. you know, just tools. Um, and again, I think that's kind of disconcerting in part because that is not what we see very often. We see men treating women as disposable and we have sort of an archetype and even a political and intellectual framework for that. But we don't have a framework for women who treat men in such an instrumental way without some other motivation. Um, and I think that makes it a really compelling villain performance. Do you see her? Do you think that she is the ultimate villain they're gonna have to take down, or is she working? Because like when we were, we spent a lot of time after Hobbs and Shaw came out trying to connect that universe to this one, and like we don't know if Etion, like if the if the Idris Elba organization, like will factor in at all to the main franchise. Because especially with like The Rock not really coming back to these movies ostensibly, yeah. but like, do you see her as part of an organization like Etion, or maybe Etion itself, or is she just on her own doing things and like? she's the one that they have to worry about and she's going to be the, the main villain of these final two movies. She's, I 
well, she's kind of more interesting to me if she remains enigmatic and disconnected, sure, right? Yeah, okay. Because in part, like, it represents a thematic contrast to the family, right? I mean, if she's part of an organ, I mean, I guess that contrast exists too if she's part of like a bureaucratic organization. But having a villain who is so totally disconnected and instrumental going up against people who are bound by ties of blood and affection and chosen family and who are inherently a network is a more thematically interesting compromise, right? It was a contrast, That's really right? interesting, yeah. Um, I mean, I think that Vin Diesel intoning the word family has become like kind of a joke and a meme, sure, right? Yep. But at the same time, it's like that is very much what's appealing about these movies and, you know, pitting a sort of cold, intelli- cold instrumentalist intelligence against, um, you know, something like against a like a ragtag bunch of misfits. Not even like beyond that, beyond people who are bound by obligations to each other, who cannot afford to be like cold and cannot sacrifice other members of the team. Right? Like it's you know it's someone without ties is constrained because they don't inspire loyalty or sacrifice right but someone who is deeply networked and you know bound by morals and connections uh has their own constraints and so simply from the perspective of designing a conflict that's a really interesting conflict to set up yeah i feel like i don't know if i've ever really noticed at the end of this movie where dom kills Rhodes by like punching him in the forehead and breaking his neck like that's such a like a brutal death but i feel like if that happened to a member of the family we would have like multiple scenes maybe even multiple movies where we like unpack the unspoken tragedy of like losing a member but she's just like i'm good i'm just gonna jump out of a plane now and i think that's a (laughs) a really specific contrast that is set up really well that like she is austere and she is a lone wolf and she has a team, but she doesn't care about the team. They're just there to serve her needs. And it's a very one versus many kind of dichotomy. Yeah, it's callous. Yeah. She's essentially just like running an evil villain business, right? Yeah. She's corporate. And, yeah. I yeah. Think that's a really good way of putting it. Yeah. So I keep I keep like thinking that. And now I'm thinking, Joey, back to what you had said to like kind of start this is like maybe Etion just is Cypher's business. Did we ever like just go through that like not that she's like the head of Etion, but she just like like that's she's like, like hacker for front. hire? No, like that's like her front. Like like, like a that's how she away gets. villain business. This is the current like it's like the shell corporation that she has set up to serve her needs. Exactly. That's what I'm thinking. Like is it is it that? Like that's like where she's getting her funding from. It's like Etion exists and like she owns it. She doesn't run any of the day-to-day stuff, but like it is her business. And that's what's happening. Is that, I wonder if that's like, is that scarier or less scary than the alternative? Like if she is, I guess that makes it scarier. Like she, she's even more menacing if, if like she's literally just like part of her calculation, calculation is just like the ability to throw away human life. Yeah. And I think that, and then that like plays it like that now meshes these ideas, right? Like that brings it. Yeah. yeah. That's, it's weird to think about, but I, I can see her, you could see her doing it, right? She's like. You know, they call to her, like, to be like, oh, this division sucked. She's like, just fire them all. You know, yeah. and you're like, okay, cool. Like, yeah, that's what she would do, definitely. Is there is there anything scarier in American culture than a boss, right? Like, <laughs> Yeah, true. <laughs> like an actual boss, yeah. The other kind of big 
not new character in this movie, but in the later movies, is Mr. Nobody, is Kurt Russell Mr. Nobody. And obviously in F9, he's just like via video screen, he's kind of MIA. But where do you see, what do you think of him in in these movies, where his character is going? And how do you see that resolving? Because we have this sort of sneaking suspicion that like, he might be villainous, that he's been doing all these like things to ostensibly help the family in in, in ways to just sort of like use them. But wh- what do you think of Kurt Russell as Mr. Nobody? I mean, I enjoy him, right? It's obviously like, I think it's a reflection of the impact of Nick Fury on American culture, mm-hmm. right? It's like having, you know, having the like, the guy with the screen. Um, as we were just talking about, like, Mr. Nobody represents a a different kind of challenge, right? It's like, because, you know, the family has always existed, like outside the color of law, right? I mean, that's the origin story. It's like, the family is such so powerful and attractive that Brian is willing to walk away from the legitimate world to be a part of it. Um, And so Mr. Nobody kind of represents like, is this a group of people that can be reincorporated into a system? You know, I think there would be, it would be interesting if he turns out to be a villain in part, because that would reinforce the message that like, you can only trust the sort of familial organizations that you build yourself. Yeah. Um, at the same time, like there is something interesting about, you know, whether this is a group of people and a system that is so attractive that the system ends up deciding to sort of make room for it, to accommodate it. Like these are, you know, to a certain extent, this is, and this is me being like a huge dork who writes, also writes about like organizational (laughs) management. Um, it's like, this is an argument about the sort of the potential flexibility and morality of organizations, right? And so mm-hmm. it can be interesting either way if, you know, like organizational bureaucracy is always inherently evil, is always inherently sort of morally inflexible it, or sort of legalistically inflexible in a way that doesn't comport with a higher morality. Or if it's an argument that sort of law and bureaucracy can be flexible enough to accommodate people who work outside of the system this way. And in fact, that sort of the justice demands that. Um, so I think either way, it is thematically interesting. Yeah, for sure. I like that a lot. What about this movie keeps it lower on the list? Because, I, I, you know, this and nine sort of lumping them together toward the bottom. Is it just that you like the earlier movies more? Or is there something specifically about this movie that doesn't that doesn't strike you the right way? But like, what about Fate of the Furious? Because it's on average, it's, it's it's close to the bottom than the top for most yeah. people. But what about this movie in particular is one that you're like, uh, it's not my favorite. That's interesting. Um, again, for me, it's like, I don't, it's just as a movie, I don't love the sort of manufacturing sentimentality by bringing in a bunch of characters uh, or bringing in like a couple of characters who we weren't super attached to before. Okay to manufacture pathos um you know again like the thing with jacob it's like oh it's like oh we need it's like we need more emotional service so we're gonna like bring in tom's brother right i i am sort of less attracted to that i think that the development ends up serving an interesting role here in that it lets dom and letty become parents without Letty having to like ever be pregnant or like sidelined by being pregnant. Right. It's like, she gets to like be a stepmom. Um, and that comports with the movies treat the, you know, the franchise's treatment of her as, you know, a desirable romantic partner, 
even mother without her having to go through some sort of stereotypically feminine transformations or being sidelined in any way. And so I think the impact of that is interesting, um, but I don't necessarily particularly love the execution, if that makes sense. No, it makes total sense. Do you have like a wish list or like, because the other another thing that we we try to we try to frame when a new movie comes out is like best case scenario. How much could we like this? Like, could Fast Ten be something that like exceeds <laughs> Fast Five in our mind or whatever? Like, do you have something on your wish list, either character wise or story wise or just anything that these final two supposedly final two movies in this, like the core franchise, like what you're hoping to see over these next two movies that you're like this could this is how I would want to want them to land the proverbial plane. Yeah, I mean, I think one thing that's interesting and that's hard um, is that, like, the decision to keep Brian sort of on the, like, peripheries of the movie has created, like, an interesting challenge for me as character, right? Which is that, like, she keeps getting pulled back in, but you don't entirely get to see, like, her character is stuck in a certain way, right? Because, like, you can't, you don't get to see her in a long-term marriage. You don't actually get to see her being like a mom. Um, the movies clearly want to get her, you know, back in the mix, but they're just constrained in a way. And, you know, a scenario where like they were together and she was widowed and Dom had to deal with that and she had to deal with it. Like a scenario where she could have another romantic relationship I think would be really emotionally interesting for the franchise. Yeah. But I don't think it can happen. I don't know. New character, like, you know, the the world keeps expanding. If we're losing Hobbs, like there's sort of room in there. And it's like, I don't think it's something that can ever happen, but it would, you know, it would do interesting. I think it would like, it would do interesting things to all of the core character dynamics. Yes. Um, in a way that's not really possible, but that would be, that would comport with the franchise's best sort of adult character building impulses. Uh, and I'm sort of sorry that can't happen. Yeah, that's really interesting to think about. I, I would never, I, I don't, you're right. I don't think that they could ever do it. I don't think that fans would Tolerate take to it. it at all, right? But, like, what are you... You're right. Like, you know, Brian kind of leaves me in this weird limbo. And that would be interesting to see how she would react. Like, because then you have the dynamic of, like, Dom and Brian and, like, that being kind of fractured. And I kind of want to see that play out and happen with Brian come back. Right? That you have, like, the weird dynamic of them being, like, a former couple that is, like, co-parenting. And also dealing with their, like, brother-in-law who's, like, best friends with him. Yeah, that's really, really interesting to think about. Now, I know you said earlier that, like, if a movie doesn't have Dom as its main character, who really (laughs) cares? But there has been this thing kicking around since before the pandemic of this, like, all-female spinoff where I feel like Mm. they might be able to explore something like this, possibly, I don't know, that we've been calling it, like, the Letty-led spinoff, which they're like, oh, yeah, we're doing that, and then there's been nothing about it. So who knows if this is ever actually going to happen or not, but, like... Is that the kind of story that you could do in that kind of movie? If it's one led by Letty and mm. Mia and maybe Ramsey and maybe if they bring in Hattie, like, or if you do like the female spinoff and it's all about like emotions, it's like, well, what are we, you know, it's, it, it'll, it'll, you almost have to go like more masculine to be like, hey, there's no dudes here, but like, it's still a Fast and Furious you love. Yeah. Um, and I think it's like, what is the, 
I mean, what's the plot, right? Like, what's the what's the tension? Because so much of these movies are about Dom attempting to be a patriarch, right? And sure, it's yeah. the, the female characters are all so confident in their roles in some ways that there's not necessarily a lot of tension there. So I'm trying to think sort of what the inciting incident for it is or what the emotional tension is. Um, you know, it's <laughs> it's like I can definitely see a subplot where it's like, you know, you have like a running gag in a movie like that where like they're all off doing various things and like Letty and Mia are incredibly tense about like how Brian and Dom are doing like solo parenting for a while. <laughs> yeah. It's like the version of this that's actually like like a girl like a girl's weekend that goes yes. wrong and but then there's this like recurrent light domestic comedy about like how are these men doing with children, right? Like please you know what? That's this, really good. This is like what it daddy has daycare to be. of yes, those this is two. what it has to be. Like um Ramsey and Tej have just had a have had a baby. Like okay. maybe the, the kid's like a year old, so Ramsey is like Ramsey obviously would breastfeed, right? Like she just seems like too, you know, she'd be like the earth mom. So she's she's got her body back. She's like, everyone's going away for a girls weekend. Like Tej is like, I can handle the baby for a weekend. Like Roman comes over to help babysit. Um, and then like Cypher shows up and crashes the party. All the women have to deal with her, but they're also like, oh my God, I'm not going to be home after two days. Tej is going to lose his mind. Like he's going to have an anxiety attack. <laughs> Roman is going to be left trying to deal with this baby. Like, I love it. you know, Brian is going to like get into a fight at school and Dom's going to have to figure out how to like do discipline in a mode that's different than what he came up with. Brian is like going to have to like deal with God knows what. And it's like the guys have to team up to like solve all of their domestic problems. Well, the women are like, Oh my God, we have to deal with this crazy bitch. So pardon me. Like, Pardon my language. Sorry, I'm not sure if that's no. You're fine. You're fine. fine. I'm also not actually attempting to be misogynist. I promise. Um, Like (laughs) we have to, like we have to deal with this. But oh my god, we like the guys just go off and do this stuff and trust that we're going to hold it down at home. But like, how are we supposed to deal with this when we know that like every and they're going to like. Ramsey is going to try and like not stress out Tej by being like, oh, like our flights just got canceled. We're just a little like, there's a weather system over the Caribbean. Like we'll be back soon. I promise. Like, so like they're trying to not let them know. I mean, clearly, um, you know. So I, I like that it's kind of like a Scarlett Johansson rough night situation or like any of those like bachelor parties where like a stripper is killed. But instead of a stripper getting killed, it's Cypher causing mayhem while yeah. there's three men and a baby. Like this is perfect. Yeah, I you, I, you nailed it. I do that, or they like, you know what? They run into Cypher at the resort, who's like, she's like just gotten dumped. She's like, you know, she's a drunk mess. This is how like Cypher <laughs> is eventually brought into the family. Universal, call me. Like, okay, so it's Barb and Star, but it's Letty and Mia go to Vista Del Mar or Vista Del, <laughs> yes. Del Rio or something. Okay. And Beautiful. we get the perfect resolution. Like, Alyssa's lining it up so that at the end, Cypher just is like, okay, I'm one of the girls, and then joins the family, right? Love yeah, it. exactly. Perfect flawless wow <laughs> i almost want to end there but Alyssa, is there anything else about this movie that you want to mention before we play a couple games um you know i it's like i i do love anything that's like a nuclear submarine it's just like yes i i there, there's also a really funny installment of the movie like to a certain extent the great thing about the fast and furious franchise is that you just want to put the characters in any situation right and so like 
a version of bullet train that is the fast and furious characters but like they're on a train they're trapped in an enclosed space and like they don't have access to vehicles and they're all like they both have to you know complete whatever action heist whatever they're up against but they're all like really antsy because they're claustrophobic right like you just want to you want to put them in any situation like there's like there is no bad action movie that would not be improved if you immediately turn it into like a Fast and Furious movie, right? Like you totally want to do like Fast and Furious meets like meets the Predator, Fast and Furious, like, you know, I mean, any scenario that you can come up with. It's like just it's just better if the cast. Yeah, now that we have Prey being so successful and so good as a movie, like I want a Fast and Furious prequel 300 years in the past where like it's the first like horse and buggy or something and yeah they, like, like a steal. western version of it yeah. dom yes. runs over the predator with a conestoga wagon perfect but, but i but Flawless. i also want i also want dom to just play his own like great 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 sure, grandfather. like course. vin vin plays the guy like it's like oh yeah this is clearly vin's great great grandfather because it. it is vin yeah. absolutely why not perfect. let's do it i love it do you have anything you want to say that you have not shared no 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 i was thinking about the heist team and Alyssa totally blew my mind with how many amazing new things that she said this episode i'm just trying to process like the things that i've never thought you know um we're 11 laps deep in this and for you to bring like multiple brand new ideas to break sure. my brain again is delightful so thank you okay this is on i mean i'm in a weekly podcast can't like can't shade across the movie aisle those guys are my ogs but this is one of the most fun podcast experiences i've ever had you guys are doing that means special. a lot thank you so much yeah thank you now we're gonna see if we can ruin that goodwill by finding out which <laughs> character you are so this is a buzzfeed style quiz there's seven questions all right six multiple choice answers no wrong answers okay you can explain yourself or not but at the end of this you're gonna find out which fast and furious character you are are you ready yes question number one how fast are you nascar roller coaster Lamborghini Murcielago, Toyota Prius, Vespa, or Razor Scooter? As someone who literally drives a Prius V, which is not just a Prius, but the station wagon version of a Prius, I have to go with Toyota Prius. Perfect. Now, question number two. You know what's coming. How furious are you? The Hulk, Kylo Ren, Christian Bale, not one movie set that one time, Mel Gibson, Charlie Brown, or Jack McBriar? I'm sorry, but the fact that She-Hulk attorney at law is not an option here. We made is... this quiz like three years ago. I mean, you can do She-Hulk. We can do She-Hulk instead okay. of the Hulk. You know, put me in there. It's uh, yeah, I am definitely, uh, I'm definitely She-Hulk attorney at law. I mean, considering Tatiana Maslany is one of my favorite actors, like you know, I've only known her for five, ten years, whatever. But she's one of my all-time favorites because of how good she is on Orphan Black and also on Comedy Bang Bang. Like, I am very excited for She-Hulk. So, uh, I don't know if you've read the comics that. The, like, I have not, the no. show is based on, but they are delightful. Uh, Superhuman Law, Aces, like, so good. Cannot and it's like it. Deadpool-ish where she, like, breaks the fourth wall and talks to the audience. Is that right? Yes, but also the whole point is that she's practicing Superhuman Law. So it's like um, it's like da- like the Damage Control comics or something. It's like, here are all the unintended consequences of, like, mm. you know, there's a character in, in the comics. There's a character who is, like, transformed into a superhero in an industrial accident and ends up suing his employer for, like, it's a wrongful death suit because he argues that this old identity has been killed and his new one is creating, like, all of these problems for his family. It's delightful. It's very clever. Very, very cool. Question number three, we're having a barbecue. How are you helping? Are you on the grill? Are you saying grace? Are you kicking back with a beer? Are you babysitting? Are you being the entertainment? Or are you sneaking a snack? 
Um, I'm probably grilling. All right. Question nice. number four. You've got time to kill. What are you doing? Are you grabbing a bite, working on your car, hanging with friends, drinking a beer, working out, or working on your computer? Um, I'm hanging with my friends. Okay. Describe your wedding. I'm never getting married. It's just me and my partner. It's us and our families. It's a backyard country affair. Everyone I know is there. I don't remember. <laughs> um, I guess it's like, yeah, pretty much everyone we know is there. So, okay. You just won the lottery. Congratulations. What are you buying? Your own garage, a private plane, you're going to gamble it all away, a child at home, your child at home, a fleet of cars, or a new life? Mm, private jet. Okay. What is your drink of choice? Belgian ale, Corona, something fruity, water, whatever's cheapest, or just Joe's getting a drink at the bar. Just get me one of whatever you're having. Oh, Corona, obviously. You had a character I don't know if we had until the very end. And then the final question put you over the top. I guess before we reveal who this is, who is your favorite character? Who do you think you are? I mean, temperamentally, I'm obviously a Tej. I am anxious. I am overprepared for everything. Mm. I think around a lot of angles. Um, okay. I would be shocked if that's not who I am, if this is as accurate as you say, but let's see. You are, Tej is like sort of near the top. You're not. He's not like one of the first three answers, but you are. I don't know if you're going to agree with this, but we'll, we'll find out. You're Dominic Toretto. Interesting. Your stoic attitude is intimidating. Your cool demeanor under pressure is inspiring. And your expertise under the hood is envied, but all of those pale in comparison to your loyalty to your family. You may claim to live your life a quarter mile at a time, but there's nothing you wouldn't do for the people in your life. And at the end of the day, nothing makes you happier than throwing something on the grill and sharing a few Coronas with your familia, and you drive, drive like, like the, the wind, wind blows. blows. Oh, you guys, you made me blush. <laughs> I guess I can see that. Um, you know, I like... It was the Coronas, man. They pushed you over at the end. I, I, you know, I rock a white tank top. I do like to grill. Um, I'm probably more into, like, doing crafting stuff with my kid and um, my dahlias, which are about to bloom, than Dom would ever be. But, you know, I mean, six of one and a half dozen of the other. Exactly. And That's the whole point, yeah. Until you chose Dom at the end there, you were almost a character we've only had once. You were almost dinkly. Kevin Hart from Hobbs Jaw. You, <laughs> not you, you, you steered out of the way there with the Corona choice. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, if you'd had like serious craft cocktails in there, I might have gone in that direction since my husband got really into mixology during the pandemic. But, you know, um, I do. I do actually have a case of Corona in my fridge right now. So I wasn't even lying there. That's awesome. I think we might have to redo the quiz after Fast 10 comes out and we add some more characters. Like, we don't have Jacob as an option. So, like, once we add some more characters, maybe we'll rework things. But for now, there's no craft cocktails. So you're just Dominic Toretto. So, uh, you know, congratulations. it's an honor. It's an honor and it's been a privilege. Uh, the final thing to do very quickly before we say goodbye is this ain't no 10 second race, a.k.a. Boy, do we have a podcast for you. Boy, do we have a podcast for you. Come and check out our show. Yeah, yeah. This is where we go on Twitter.com, a.k.a. The Bird app. Find a tweet from someone we don't know and tweet at them, encouraging them to watch the show. Before we do this week's picks, Alyssa sent me hers, and I have one, so Joe, find yours. I have one, yeah. Let I me quickly one. review last episode. I found a back and forth between a bunch of people about 
the naming conventions of movies, and Jacob Wilkinson said every FF movie has a GD banger of a name. You think dropping the thes would be as good as it could get in naming a sequel, but they did Fast 5 and Furious 7 with just Fast and Furious 6 in the middle. And now they're calling them <laughs> the Fate of the Furious and F9 the Fast Saga. The absolute refusal to commit to a naming scheme is just incredible. We said, Jacob, you get it. These names make no sense, and that's why we love them. Boy, do we have a podcast for you, and Jacob liked it, so I get a point. Nice. Well played, sir. Joe, you found Kylie Jenner, but not the Kylie Jenner, at Ryan Mays. I don't think it was that. It wasn't Kylie Jenner back then. No, it wasn't. Yeah. And she was saying about how she's the biggest Fast and Furious fan because of her parents, blah, blah, blah. And you said, your parents sound like the coolest. Boy, do a podcast for you and them. And Kylie liked it. So you also get a point. Alyssa, I will say this is the hardest game for no reason. So the fact that Joe and I both got a point is remarkable. Yeah, pretty, pretty rare. And then our guest last episode, Leisha Suggs, found Olna Obar at BRNBNE, and they tweeted a picture of that, like, uh, tool, or not the tool, the toy set from Jada, the nano scene, like the Fast and Furious house. And they said, this is the wildest toy I've seen in a while, the Toretto Estate in die-cast scale $27.99. We said, yeah, but what about all their ostensibly grumpy neighbors who have to deal with 1327 blowing up on them after Deckard's bomb goes off? Boy, do a podcast for you. And someone not at all affiliated with the thread liked it. So I don't know why they like this, but there's a yeah. point. So points across the board, one, one, one. But Alyssa, can you please hit us with your tweet that you sent me? Who would you like to uh, us to uh, message, reach out to? Uh, okay. In support um, of the show. Uh, so Akalesh Kanan, uh, who tweeted, hoping there'll be two more movies after Fast X in the franchise so that someone will make a special edition laptop matching each one of the 12 FN keys to the corresponding movie. Oh, my God. It's that's perfect. Genius. It's so I good. fucking love it. Yeah, that's a great tweet, too. Damn. So now, Alyssa, we're going to respond to them from our account. But how would you like us to customize the tweets? What would you like to say in here to um, say you're them to listen? I think you've got to tell them that, you know, we're, you're ready and willing to order your special edition laptop. Um, check out the podcast. Perfect. All right, Joe, hit us with yours, please, and thank you. I have one from Kletzen dash super pets hype at <laughs> Kletzen D. I think it's a E, sorry. Uh, while I'm a big fan of Star Wars Transformers in DC, I'm more of a fan of the animated stuff. Of course, I do like some of the live action stuff. The Mandalorian is great. But while I do like some of the Fast and Furious films, I like the Spy Racer series more. Wow. Wow. Right? <laughs> Alyssa, yeah. did you know that there are like five or six seasons of a, a Netflix animated TV show Kids. called Spy Racers? Kids. I show. would completely believe it. Uh, it's not good. Um, but if you run out of Bluey, I would assume that as a, as a mother of a four-year-old and a one-year-old, a one four-year-old and a one-year-old, that you've probably worked through Bluey, even though the new, ep we've, new episodes of Bluey just came out this week. We've been rationing Bluey, so she doesn't actually know that there's a second season of it yet. Like, okay. we, we watch a lot of them on repeat. Like, we really parcel them out. Um, so I've been, I have a Bluey strategic reserve. Well, if you want to even deeper, deepen her appreciation in Bluey by showing her something less good than Bluey, Fast and Furious Spy Racers, check it out on Netflix. But right. Joe, how would you like us to respond to Kletzen? We watched so much Spy Racers. <laughs> so if you love that, we think you'll love our show. Boy, do we have a podcast for you. There was a lot of Spy Racers, Alyssa, like a lot. It's That's, crazy. Yeah. And it came out, oh, it, it also came out in two years, by the way. It was six seasons. We were like, this is the hardest working animation team 
it was like a season before Thanksgiving and then at Christmas and then in the spring. It's just like, how is this happening? It's crazy. Um, (laughs) I found Baker Mayfield is my homeboy at Notorious Vic 007. I have this awful feeling that Brie Larson is playing Brian's long lost sister in the next Fast and Furious. I'm going to say awful feeling. That sounds like a great idea. Boy, do a podcast for you. Perfect. We've had that theory, too. I love it. Perfect. Well, Alyssa, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for joining us. This is a pleasure and a delight. What would you like people to know about you? Where can they follow you? Where can they find your writing? What would you like uh, the listeners of the show to know about you? Hey, so I'm an opinion columnist for The Washington Post. Uh, For the last eight and a half years, I've written mostly about the intersection of culture and politics, but I have been writing a lot more about the politics of parenting lately. So um, you know, if you, if you are into both like your real life family, as well as family, um, <laughs> I am definitely the columnist for you. You can find me at WashingtonPost.com or on Twitter at Alyssa Rosenberg, uh, where I mostly, uh, tweet like silly jokes and, uh, and my stories. So, um, also, if you're ever interested in anything at the Washington Post, but don't subscribe, um, I can send you stories via gift link. Uh, and hopefully you will reconsider. So come check us out. Very, very cool. That's awesome. And again, if you, I will link the story in the uh, comments or the, the the description of the episode, but it's great. Um, just, you know, again, if the last hour did not prove to you that Alyssa loves the family, the writing proves Alyssa loves the family. I so agree. Yeah, it's wonderful. For sure. Joe, next week, before we get back to Hobbs and Shaw, we are doing a pit stop. We are doing the modern heist film, Hell or High Water. Oh, so good. It's so good. It's so good. It's Alex Elliden's pick. Alyssa, we have a, a patron supporter who always picks terrible movies for us to watch. And then this lap, he gave us like a good, a real movie. I'm like, are you are you feeling okay? Like, this is a great movie. <laughs> yeah. And he wants to change it. I'm like, no, you're not changing because I want to rewatch this. This is a great movie. And I haven't seen it yet. That's going to be so good. Cool. For all things Too Fast Too Forever, go to cageclub.me, facebook.com slash Too Fast Too Forever, or at Too Fast Too Forever on Twitter and Instagram. Email us, family at cageclub.me. Check out our Patreon page at TooFastTooForever.com and our store at TooFastTooForever.shop. And come back next week for Hell or High Water. I'm Joey Lewandowski. I'm Joe Too. And that was Alyssa Rosenberg of the Washington Post. And we'll tell you all about it when we see you 